is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Today we have another edition of Spoiling Star Wars with Eric, and shock and surprise, online with me, I have Eric. How's it going, Eric? Yes, Todd. I'm doing all right. I um I'm fresh off of watching The Phantom Menace, and um unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how much you love this movie, I will have to watch it again tonight because the family in which both kids, uh, Hunter and Lainey, were were too busy. They had too much stuff on their calendar at nine o'clock on a Thursday night to watch Phantom Menace. Um, yeah. Instead, they they said, well, we'll watch it Friday. Oh, we'll watch it Saturday. And I said, I said. I'm watching it tonight, um, so I'm fresh <laughs> off of it, and and I will be watching it again tonight, more than likely. But this time around, I'll probably be playing on my phone a little bit more. That 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 makes sense. So Eric, um, I'm not sure where to where to start with this one. Long time ago, in a galaxy well, far, far away. That is an excellent dad, start. There's a dad the, the, joke for you. That, or should like we start it. with Lucasfilm, or 20th Century <laughs> Fox, really? Well, back in the day, we could have started with the 20th century fox it's there know, now phantom menace is still in, is still in that that era so yeah no it was um, i was surprised to see that 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 is where we start todd that's where we started because i was surprised yeah. to see that but then again you know why it's probably there on disney plus is disney now owns that they, oh. they bought they bought or they bought 20th century fox were you aware of this giant acquisition this last year i i know i mean i was aware when after after disney bought Star Wars and the first Star Wars movies came out, it was a little weird to have one start without that, you know, that fanfare and the intro. And it just went straight into the Lucasfilm yeah, logo. You're right. Yeah. And it was, it was a little weird. Um, so, so are you saying that there's hope that that might come back? That it is, it is back. It is. I'm telling you, I watched it last night and I was like, Oh, I remember this because that was a big thing. Like I remember watching it on the VHS tapes, the originals. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. You know, dun, 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 you know the big old. Oh yeah. Like, that was all part well, that, of like the intro to me. Like I thought that was part of the Star Wars song, to be quite honest. It might have been. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I mean that's no. That I mean that's 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 fair. Um, but Phantom Menace was filmed back when it was still 20th Century Fox was the studio. Like sure. like yes. like Rogue One, etc. Don't have does that. not have. I'm, I'm yeah, curious. I don't to, think. I don't. You'd think have to get on, on Disney there. Plus and see if that. Yeah. They're not but good. I'm saying well, next, why would you next throw time, it on? Well, you wouldn't. Um, I'm saying no, next they time they again. release a new movie, would they, will that be re-added no. or is this just – No, because yeah. – so what happened – and this is obviously we're, – we're not starting where we need to start. This is the prequel to the episode, guys. Uh, <laughs> the prequel to the prequel? <laughs> that's that's it. Um, so, so me being a Disney nerd, and I won't get all the facts entirely like to a, D, a T, but essentially um, – you know, Bob Iger, the CEO or former CEO of the Disney parks and Disney, you know, studios and all that, he basically has been known for acquisition. He came into power, I think, in what, 2003 or 2004. And since then, he bought Pixar, he bought Marvel, he bought Star Wars. Like he's been, and that's how, you know, now you think of Disney, you think of all those things and you think about right. how much money those acquisitions have made them. Um, oh, yeah. So, his latest and probably the last thing, and it was mostly fueled 
by speculation of, hey, we need more content for Disney Plus. We're going to launch this Disney Plus. We need more stuff, blah, blah, blah. So they went ahead and uh, went to acquire um, 20th Century Fox. Um, so pretty much all the Fox movie stuff, you know, that goes okay. for yeah. Fox Spotlight and uh, a couple of the other stuff. But for the most part, like Fox News and the Fox television station, they're still owned by the originals. But right. uh, after, you know, several months of, you know, going through all the FCC standards, they basically own, you know, 20th Century Fox now. So all those properties are now part of, you know, Disney. So, like, uh, I'm surprised. I cannot believe you didn't hear this. You know, the Simpsons are now Disney. <laughs> the Simpsons are now Disney property. Family okay. Guy is Disney yeah. property. Um, yeah, so that's uh, it's it's pretty funny, but that is uh, so maybe on Disney Plus before they would have stripped the 20th Century Fox like opening. Um, right. I don't know what kind of legal requirements they have to show that stuff. They might have had to show it still. I don't know. But if they wanted to, if they wanted to say this movie was made under 20th Century Fox, uh, they could. Uh, except for I think yeah. they are changing the name to just like 20th Century or something like that. Who knows? Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So well, I mean, now this this is this is all still <laughs> very relevant, Eric, because you know this this sets the tone for the Phantom Menace. You know, God. us talking God. about, you know, business oh, and, God. and and legal legal restrictions and that sort of thing. Because because, you know, one of the one of the chief complaints that I've heard about the Phantom Menace is, you know, let, let, let me give you the quick the quick summary of, of the fan. Let me let me just spoil the heck out of this in in the the voice of the dissenters. So you you have a movie that is all about a trade dispute and senatorial proceedings and a couple of robed dudes go to a planet and, and take on you know a, a a supposedly humorous uh dim-witted sidekick to you know work through this trade dispute and blockade uh along their way find uh you know a little kid to to help them in their quest and Occasionally, there are, you know, some cool lightsaber fights and, and space battles and a bunch of, you know, comic relief robots get destroyed. End of film. Uh, that's, um, which is, that's which is one way fair. to summarize it. Uh, that's, that's... Uh, it's not entirely inaccurate. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel, you know, an alternate method of, of describing it is, you know, two, two space wizards armed with laser swords take on, you know, an oppressive regime, freeing a, you know, a, a planet's queen and, you know, toppling the, the, the power structure there, restoring freedom to that planet while unwittingly setting in, in motion, you know, the schemes of the evil mastermind, which sounds way more exciting when you put it that way. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Both are technically true. Mm. Where do you fall on that, Eric? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, I take it more as... Um, we are going to take advantage of a franchise that is well-known and well-liked by everyone. By this point in time, the people that liked it as kids are now um, into the phase where they have tons of money. And, right. uh, not tons of money, but by, you know, they have disposable incomes, right? Right. Um, in which they will go see this movie four, five, six, seven times in the theater. But yet right. we want to, them to bring their kids and want to introduce a new young audience. So we are going to utilize, you know, characters and stuff to bring them in 
And most importantly, we want to use the technology that we wish we had back in the day to make CGI. And so that is a hodgepodge together. And they said, ask ah, story, who cares about story? <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's that's how I take it, which I feel that's the third way of doing it. And I think that is also entirely correct. Oh, yeah. Because how many times did you see this in the movies, Todd, or the theaters? You know, it, it, I was going to say embarrassingly, and I guess that's partially true. But on, on another front, I, I don't know that I am that embarrassed. I saw The Phantom Menace in theaters six times. That's, I actually, yeah. and, and I mean, for, for those who, you know, weren't around at the time or weren't, weren't aware, like the Phantom, Phantom Menace release was like a major, crazy, big time thing. Like there hadn't been a Star Wars film in like 20 years. That's like, it. Yep. You know, at this point, if you, if you were a Star Wars fan, you had the three movies you had, you know, that you, that you could watch, you know, they were available yeah. on, you know, VHS and DVD. Those were readily available. Um, there was the holiday special, but if you didn't catch that, that on TV yeah. or one of the lucky people who, who managed to tape it on VHS at the time, that was just flat out un- inaccessible until the yeah. Internet came around. And, you know, frankly, bandwidth speeds got big enough to where you could download the thing because we'll have a whole piece on the, the holiday special. Yeah, probably around the holiday time. But it was god awful, and Lucas just would have preferred that thing, you know, be burnt and never see the light of day. So that really wasn't an option for people. There was briefly an Ewoks and a Droids cartoon. Yeah, I don't know if those are available anywhere. Again, if you were alive on Saturday mornings when that was out, you could have seen it. There were a couple of Ewok TV specials that, again, good luck finding those. Like, your only real source of Star Wars visuals were, was the original trilogy. And they came out with the special editions, which kind of rekindled that, but it, I mean, it, it had some new things, but it wasn't new Star Wars. When Phantom Menace, you know, they're like, oh, they're coming out with a new movie. It's going to be episode one. Everybody lost their minds. And people lined up blocks and blocks to get tickets. And for opening day, lined up like crazy to get in there. And we're all dressed up. And it was a, it was quite the event. Unless you were in Gulfport, Mississippi, in which case those folks apparently didn't mind. Like, I got to see it on opening day. I did not have to wait in the line. I didn't have to buy my tickets in advance. It was kind of weird. It was it was opposite of everything that I was expecting based on what I was seeing in the news. But I went and see it. And because there had been such a dry spell of Star Wars, like, yeah, I saw it six times in theaters. And, yes, there are points where it's like, oh – what is with all of this, you know, litigation and, and, you know, this, you know, the trade federation is, is your big bad in this, you know, sort of a thing. I got to see some really awesome lightsaber battles that were, you know, definitely a step above what we saw on the original trilogy. I got to see some, some sweet, uh, you know, space battles. There was some, some very convincing CGI going on there. Um, and I just said, you know, screw it. I'm going to see, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I've seen all the Star Wars in, in theaters. Um, I'm going to see this as many times as I can get away with. And I saw it six times, I think was the final count. Yeah, that's, um, that's a lot of times, but I understand. Oh, yeah. And I think that, and I personally think that is kind of why um, this movie was, and I don't know where it was box office, but I'm sure it did really well. Um, oh, I yeah. saw it. This was, um, I actually went and saw it with dad and uncle Donald our uncle. <laughs> it was a weird, nice. uh, you know, d- dynamic. Yeah, it's us, but we went and saw it. So I actually officially saw this in the theaters. Um, 
And I would say that if you made this movie today and just and it didn't have a Star Wars backing and just plopped it down, it'd be a miserable failure. <laughs> and I, I, I just oh. don't, I don't think it stands up to being interesting. Hence why I think it's taken me two or three weeks to watch it. But but I also think that's because I am a 35 year old male um, who's number one seen it before. But the kids right. are actually really excited about watching this one. Um, they were, you know, so they have, you know, I remember watching it years ago and Hunter was all about it. Uh, so the pod racing and oh, I don't yeah. think Jar Jar Banks really is a thing to them. I don't think they care one way or the other, but the pod racing is exciting to them. And, you know, the, the Darth Maul character is exciting enough and, and there's elements enough that that's, it, it is, it holds up for that whole factor of like, oh yeah, like if I don't really care about what's going on in the plot and everything, then I'm all right with it. And that kind of ties oh, yeah. back to. The original trilogy, let's face it, I didn't know what was going on with, uh, you know, I didn't know what Princess Leia was all about. And I didn't really know what Darth Vader was trying to do. And not until you just realize, oh, they're trying to take the, you know, she's good. Darth Vader's bad. I know who to cheer for, so to speak. And what else right. is happening in between? Oh, there's a crazy looking monster. Oh, there's a cool looking ship. Oh, they're flying around doing this and that. And I mean, take Phantom Menace and just look at it that way and be like, oh, yeah, now we have more creatures to look at, nor more like planets to kind of browse around more reference material in star wars that we can talk about you know so oh, yeah. in a way that like was enough they could have really did anything probably and it would have been fine you know because i feel like the movie um didn't have nearly as much action or like imminent threats or you know like yeah it was, it was fine you know like they were going against these wimpy looking droids you know and or gungans it just there was moments where it was like, yeah, this is all right. And nowadays you look at it too, and you kind of say, ah, the Jar Jar Binks kind of looks rough when you think of CGI in today's standards. Back then, it right. wasn't a problem, you know. But today, oh, yeah. now there there were moments where I'm like, that was really good looking. Like the whole sequence when they're underwater and they're going through the planet's core or whatever. I yeah. think all those yeah, yeah. fish looking creatures look great. Like I, you oh, know, yeah. I don't. They looked, you know, they looked like actual, you know, realistic creatures. You know, where, yeah. where some of the Gungans were like, yeah, you know, putting him next to a human, it just didn't look that great. Um, right. You know, nothing, you know, to me, it reminded me of like the early Doctor Who stuff that was made in like 2004. And I'm like, eh, um, CGI could have been a little better. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, no, it was, it, like I said, at, at the time, it was definitely an experience. It was a, it was a breath of fresh air. It was, it was new, new stuff to work with. Um, you know, l luckily, and I and I think there's also a factor like like you said for for the for the young people, there, there there's definitely some things in in the film, that's I don't want to say you know pander to them but are catered to them like oh I think I, I enjoy think the definitely are. scene but but I but I can definitely see where where younger folk would find that to be you know an exciting piece you oh know? yeah um yeah. <clears throat> the whole Jar Jar well, thing uh, is, is like. I find him annoying. I can see how, you know, folks of a certain age would find him endearing and funny and good. And like it, he's a lot of people will say, you know, Jar Jar should have never happened. And I think there are fan edits of the film where they actually go in and remove <laughs> all the Jar Jar bits <laughs> from it um, and basically say, yeah, you, you can do that and you can watch this. And it's still, you know, just as good, if not better, because he's not in there. Like, I'm not quite that far into it. Um I guess my my thing is from you know rewatching years after, um, and looking at it, 
some of the writing is just not not great. And you know, George Lucas is is you know, he's visionary. You know, he's 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 the you know the the godfather of this whole thing. He's the reason we have it. And for that, I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's played a large role in my life. But you can once again tell that you know, okay, the original Star Wars he you know wrote and directed, and it was it was fantastic. You know, partially because it was so groundbreaking and new. You know, he 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 handed over the reins for directing for Empire. And I think we all saw where that kind of, you know, changed the tone a little bit, but also kind of added a little bit, like made things maybe a little better. Yeah. Um, for Phantom Menace, it's it's the George Lucas on everything all the time show. And <laughs> his yeah. writing, particularly when it comes to dialogue, is is definitely, dude, so I really wish somebody would have had the, the cojones to step up and be like, Dude, we need to we need to tweak this. We need to edit this. This is not great. And I can't remember. It, it's been a minute since I've watched, so I can't you know necessarily quote specific passages. But there's just some dialogue in there. It's like, oh, dude, this this is a great first draft, but somebody should have went in and 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 tweaked this dialogue before you you know had actors you know film it. Um, is that your is that your your thoughts as well, or, or do you have a different yeah, take on that? Well, I feel, yeah, no, I, I, I feel that the, you know, I'm not one and I never have been super like one into knowing dialogue, good, bad, you know, you, you, but you can tell when something just doesn't feel right. And there's been moment, moments it was right. just like, yeah, it just didn't feel like this was the, the, the best way to portray. Cause we know, um, what is it? Liam, Liam Nilsson, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Neeson. Okay. And yeah. um and uh, Ewan McGregor, right? Yes. Those are our Jedi friends in this movie. Yes. Are fantastic actors. Oh, <laughs> unbelievably good. But yeah. that they were in moments, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, same with Natalie Portman. Like, I honestly, okay, I think Natalie Portman and young Anakin Skywalker dialogue was awful. Just it just like oh. never flowed. It didn't seem no. right. Oh. And and I'm like, unless this was early on before Natalie Portman, you know, was. And it probably was one of her first roles and definitely her first major role, I imagine. But it just didn't flow. It seemed kind of forced or just awkward where, I, you know, that happens in Star Wars films, obviously, you know. But right. um, but it seemed a little little taxing at times while watching this one. Right. Right. And and, and, and that's what I'm saying. You know, it's not the actors. You, you've seen these folks in other roles just knock it out of the park. And, you know, they. I mean, they put in good effort. They did their best. They gave it their best go. And they, you know, if it weren't for them being as good actors, God only knows how bad it would have been. But when you've got <laughs> a good been, actor working on that dialogue, you can <laughs> kind of, yeah. So, you know, all, yeah. all that said, like, do did I enjoy this movie? Initially, yes. There was a, there was a, a sort of a middle period where I, I, I too kind of fell in the camp of, yeah, Phantom Menace is garbage. You know, there was also a period where I'm like, oh, the prequels are garbage. I've come around and 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 kind of, you know, eased up a bit on on some of that that criticism, which isn't to say that I think it's all, you know, peachy keen. I think if I were going to, you know, I'm I'm putting the cart before the horse here because normally at the end of the episode we go, oh, what's the what? How sure. would you rank the movies thus far? I mean, Phantom Menace comes in dead last. Uh. And and we'll probably continue to do so, you know, even once we've gone through the whole Skywalker saga and on to, you know, your Rogue Ones and Solos. Like, I, I feel like I feel like to cross our, our various, you know, podcast subtopics, 
the Phantom Menace is my Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, th- like, it's that's not fair. terrible. I don't hate, hate it, but it's not, it's not gonna, most of the other stuff is probably going to beat it when it's, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you know, maybe it'll hit your top 200 films of all time. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, th- right. there's a lot of, you know, just by being classified Star Wars, it's getting that, n- that little bump. But right. if it wasn't Star Wars and it was, you know, Avatar or if it was something else, like you would probably say, yeah, never going to watch this ever again in my life or reference it ever again in my life. Right. So, right. I get that. Right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's, you know, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we can talk maybe a little bit more about pod racing and how much I hate it. <laughs> OK. All right. And we're back, Todd. Um, I want to tell you that w- what pains me and I knew it was going to pain me while watching this was the pod racing scene. Okay. So. I'm all for, you know, obviously I like sports more than, than you. I'm not saying I like sports more than the next guy because that is not entirely true. But I like sports, right? And I like the right. aspect of sports. I do not like sports in Star Wars movies. I don't feel it belongs. So having a two-headed announcer is probably the, if you ask me the one thing that I hate most about anything in Star Wars, it's the two-headed announcer. Um, it's the fact that they're all gathered around in a giant pod racing and they're announcing play-by-plays and using catchphrases from like 90s. Um, and there <laughs> seems to be the mom is watching, you know, the pod racing on some type of iPad device, but it doesn't seem like there's any type of cameras or anything throughout this, you know, field, you know, right. You had, you had Tuscan Raiders shooting for the hell of it, which is, would, would be fun in its own case, but that makes them like that. They're like, you know, um, that, that they're doing it for sport, which I just don't feel like that's necessary as well. Um, you, you, you got all this hokey stuff. I, I hated the pod racing for for a Star Wars film. Now, I understand why it would have been fine if it was just a 10-minute short, you know, just saying, hey, right. this could, you know, like in a make-believe world, so to speak. But this is Star right. Wars. There's nothing nothing fantasy about it, Todd. This, this was garbage, all right? <laughs> I did not realize that you felt this strongly about pod racing. Um, this, this is a new revelation to me because uh, I don't, you know, as much as we've, nerded out over star wars and stuff over the years i don't think i've ever gotten the eric uh pod racing vent uh this is exciting and new oh good Please. well i mean no no well let, if some let, people let like the hate flow through you uh, oh, God. <laughs> release your anger <laughs> tell us more <laughs> well i mean i don't get mad about jar jar binks at all like jar jar binks is fine he says some dumb things okay whatever like he got banished and they have this crazy you know like i there's a lot of like, I honestly really tried not to watch the movie and pick holes and what I didn't like, because I right. understand it's a movie. It is a Star Wars. It is fine. You, it's creative decisions. Like, my whole right. thing is how hard would it have been to swim down to some type of underground? Like, have you ever tried to swim downward? Like, it, it's not super freaking easy to continue to swim. And all they did was they put these little mouth guards in. You know, and what I'm speaking of, of course, for, for those who have not watched um, – Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and Qui-Gon Jinn are being um, semi-attacked by a giant droid army. They run into Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks says, I've been banished. You can come to my house. No, he Honestly, he offered to come to my house before he, you know, a house that he hasn't been to for quite some time because he's been banished, which makes no right. freaking sense. But yet he says, um, yeah, you can't go there because we're banished, even though I just offered you an invite there. N- needless to say, it's underwater and, you know, it's an underground um, or it's a underwater city. In which just miraculously, 
Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi have these weird contraptions they just put in their mouth that allows them to breathe while underwater. Okay, I right. can get behind that. That's cool technology. If there's flaming lightsabers and stuff like that, I'm not going to discredit that. I just get right. mad the fact it's like, yeah, we're going to be able to see under this murky, dark water, and we're going to be able to swim miles underwater. I Whatever. Just stupid to me. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I mean... That is the Jar Jar Binks, and I so Jar 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 Binks doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, but the pod racing is just beyond. They could have made it believable with just eliminating some aspects of it. But I understand it was for the kids, and right. and it worked because the kids still remember that. And I remember going to Aladdin's Castle in St. Clairsville, and they had a sweet, you know, um, pod racing like game that you'd go and you you drive the pod races. And I remember that being an awesome you know, um, arcade game. So right. there's definitely winners in this, but overall it doesn't hold up in my opinion. I think it makes it really, really hokey. It is honestly like Jabba's Palace um, in the Return of the Jedi special edition to me. It's just hokey stuff that does not belong in the Star Wars. And it might be good uh, for the, the five, six, seven-year-olds that are watching it. But for someone like myself who wanted to take it a, as serious as we could, um, they didn't have sports broadcasters in my opinion. But you know, I didn't right. write the film, so it's not my call, but I can say I don't like that. There you go, Todd. That's fair. That's fair. So, <laughs> so for the next Star Wars movie, they need to avoid musical numbers and sports sequences because those just those those just lose the Eric the Eric vote right there. That's and that's 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 fair. Um, and there were definitely aspects of the pod racing, like the pod racing itself. I it, you know I thought was okay. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I don't have your hate for the announcer. Um, I mean, there, there were, there were some, some corny bits there, but not, not to the degree that you, you, you felt, I felt that some of the actual pod racers, some of the, the alien folk that were pod racers were a little, a little too cartoonish. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's one dude who's basically like a, like a giant head with arms and legs. And I'm like, that doesn't look like that just seems odd was it was it like, quadrant would be great arrow, which was just like a quadrant I, yeah <laughs> I, I yeah i can't remember like they're like some of yeah. like like some of them were good and some of them you know it worked out all right but there were others like that 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 should have gotten more workshopped a little bit more but you know all in all it's fine um and like i said you know the kids enjoyed it and it gave us some good video games like you said um you know i guess my my chief complaint with with Phantom Menace, that I feel like they it just you, you could have made some different decisions plot wise, and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have impacted the story, and I don't know that it really added anything to it. Um, are the the midichlorians, which, yeah. which caused a a great kerfluffle at the time, because it's like okay, we're gonna try and you know explain the force as some with some sort of scientific basis instead of it just being this you know space magic and they're like oh you've got these these things in your blood that give you access to the force whatever and it's like you didn't really need to do that like there there would have been other ways to say hey this kid is just crazy strong in the force without you know doing a blood test like that just seems yeah. weird yeah i yeah take, i take yeah and and like i said if if you if you drop that out of there you don't lose anything like like he you found this kid and he's crazy strong with force and you, you you think you should take him back to coruscant so that you can you know train him as a jedi cool there there's no you, you could have absolutely done that without you know midichlorians and then 
the whole piece to where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, you, talking to good old Shmi and be like, oh yeah, what about the father? And she's like, there was no father. The whole immaculate conception piece. No, I forgot that, about that. Yeah, that, that's kind of yeah. It's just there, it's just not necessary. Like like there, what? Yeah, I mean. It, and there's all sorts of, you know, fan theories and, and, you know, background things where it's like, oh, well, I think, you know, Palpatine, he's, you know, so strong with the force. He, you know, manipulated the life energy to, you know, do this, you know, immaculate conception thing to get us, you know, to Darth Vader or whatever. And I mean, you can do that. But again, is that really necessary? Like, couldn't he have just had a rando dad and just had been super strong in the force and let it go? Do you really need to, you know, insert this, you know, weird christ factor into things no like that that rubs me the wrong way yeah no i i agree in every which way um you know and and just it's just a weird decision like making and it, it like todd seriously i still don't understand why they were fighting like what was going on with the trades and and, and so forth um like i just i was like well i'll probably just have todd explain it to me and i'm like does it even matter you know th- what are they fighting about you know, like I, so, I get it. Yeah, give me the give me the rundown. Like this was on uh, C-SPAN. What what are we yelling at here at the podium? <laughs> like, what's the problem? I mean, the uh, okay, the the C-SPAN version of it is you know the the Trade Federation is basically trying to you know take over Naboo, and and it's not it's never really made super clear, at least not that I can remember. As to what their deal was, why they wanted to, you know, why they felt the need to blockade a thing. I mean, they are a trade federation. I got to figure they're trying to get, you know, some sort of, you know, deal done, trying to make a few extra credits on a deal. And those negotiations didn't go well to where they weren't making enough money. So like, oh, well, fine, we'll just blockade your freaking planet until you give it. You know what I mean? It's kind of an extortion situation. I mean, bigger picture, longer term you know, why is this happening? I mean, the man who would eventually become the emperor was a senator for Naboo. And, you know, for him to do his his Machiavellian scheming to to set up all of the situations to to be in his favor, to eventually, you know, get him named the Supreme Chancellor Chancellor and ultimately, you know, become the emperor. He's like, well, I'll have my planet get attacked. And, you know, the guy who's currently in that position is kind of inept. I can, you know, step up and show that I, I can, you know, counter this and be a hero, and that'll get me one step up the ladder. Like, <clears throat> basically, Palpatine, you know, in his guise as, you know, Darth Sidious, you know, colluded with the, the Trade Federation. He's like, hey, listen, here's what you guys do. You guys go just go blockade this planet and, you know... Again, because no one seemed to piece together that Sidious was Palpatine, which sure. I don't care how crappy I don't care how crappy your holographic techniques are. Like he's not in like full form body armor. Like okay, he's in a dark robe and with you know a, a thing, but you can still see like his nose and the bottom of his face and all that stuff. Sure. And this is like this is like a senator. Like if you took random <laughs> name. If you took Ted Cruz and put him in, an, in you know, a big old cloak <laughs> and all you could see was, you know, his nose and chin, you'd still know that was Ted Cruz. You know what I mean? Like, like I, f- I find it odd that no one pieced that together of the yeah, people who that's... did see him. Like, I get Darth Maul knows. Like, he, that's his boss. He knows what's up. And <laughs> he's in on that scam. 
like the Trade Federation folk, it's like, oh, this guy who's hiring us to, you know, who's who's getting us to blockade this planet is the senator from that planet. And like they that never seems to click, which seems odd. Um, spoiler warning. Senator Palpatine becomes the emperor. <laughs> I'm a little late on that one, but again, that's, yeah, that's the, the that's, title that of the, the episode. Um but no, that was the the whole reason for it is him trying to set up the dominoes, so that you know he's he's created this false the, the, these bad guys so that he can beat them in the Senate and so forth, so that he looks good, which ultimately sets him up to be you know the emperor, you know, and that carries through all the whole the whole you know prequel trilogy sure. because the Trade Federation is part of you know the whole separatist oh, yeah. piece. And, like, he's, he's kind of playing both sides against each other to get what he wants. So, like, in that grand scheme of things, peace, in retrospect, it all makes sense. In the, in the sense of somebody watching, you know, just The Phantom Menace, you know, at the time it came out when you didn't have the rest of those pieces, I could see that being a little, what what's going on here? Huh? Well, and, 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 the, the, yeah. the problem, I think, the whole, the whole aspect is, we it, you know... Do we get there? Yes. Was it the best or most creative way to get there? I don't know. You know, like, right. like to me, it just felt like maybe, maybe we could have come up with a couple more ideas. And I think you might have been able to get something that was a little bit more engaging, entertaining, a little bit. If you're going to make a political movie, make it like a really good political one. Right. Well, I guess, and I guess that's the thing. Like, the, the main Star Wars series, the, the Skywalker saga, if you will, are all a, you know, generally speaking, an action adventure sort of genre of movie. You know, they're, they're, yes, there's plot, but there's a lot of action and, and activity happening and, you know, and all that stuff. And there are some, you know, there's some humorous moments and there's some serious moments and it's a good blend. You know, you know, one of the things that I like about, you know, some of the spinoffs like like rogue one was more of a it kind of departed from that that sort of formula and was was kind of a you know in solo also you know solo was kind of a heist movie almost you know what i mean like it, it kind of shifted the genres and i feel like if you'd have if if they'd have just committed to that with phantom menace and made it like an actual political intrigue style of movie it might have been more, more, it might have worked better, but trying to put a, you know, political intrigue storyline into an action adventure movie, that's, that's tricky to do. And I don't know that it was done well. Like there's just a whole lot of yeah. stuff about, about the prequels in general, but Phantom Menace specifically, that just seems like this was a first draft. And y'all <laughs> should have, you know, you should have went through it a few more times and, you know, and then it would have eventually gotten good, like for the dialogue, for some of these plot points. It's like, it seemed like, oh, I've got these great ideas and I'm going to, you know, jot these down. And, you know, as a first draft, it's great. A few more revisions and you worked out some of those kinks and we probably wouldn't be having this same kind of conversation. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree with you. Well, I think we 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 covered the Phantom Menace the best that we can. I don't think we need to poop on it anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I, so I went into this really trying, really with the mindset of, you know what, we're going to have a Phantom Menace episode, and I really don't want to just come in and crap all over it 
for, you know, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes, however long we're doing this. But there's just parts of that movie that just brought, draw that out of me, Eric. And, and I, I apologize to you. No, and the that's listeners. me too, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> well, you know, we'll try to get a little bit better off. We're going to do, uh, oh, Attack of the Clones is the mm-hmm. next film. And I actually remember really liking this one. So I know oh, I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think people still have crapped all over it on the internet. But I actually think that, from my recollection, I remember this being my one of my favorites um, when it first came out. So we'll, we'll see. Um, anything, anything else? that you want to throw in about the movie Todd why my young toddler screams in the background well that's 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 how this works um no I think I've, I think like I said I've, I've crapped on it a lot I've given a whole lot of dissenting opinions on this I mean all in all I don't hate the film and it's not just because it's Star Wars like again initially I loved it because that's 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 all that I had <laughs> new Star Wars wise and the like I said the lightsaber fights are fantastic um you know the the space battles are pretty good apparently the podcast is something that people can take or leave if, if you're Eric, um, you know, there are points of the plot. There's points of the dialogue that are less than great, but I still think it's a, it's a pretty good movie. Like I said, it's, it's the bottom of the star Wars heap for me, but it's not, Oh, this is dead to me. This, I, I can't watch this. And as time has passed and I've, you know, rewatched it and, you know, now that I have the full saga to draw from and, you know, some of the things, sort of make sense in context to each other. I, I think it's all right. I, I think if you've not seen The Phantom Menace, you should. I don't think it should be your first Star Wars movie. I think if you if no, you've got somebody you if you've got somebody who's not seen Star Wars, you do not start them off with the Phantom Menace. You can't. If you do that, <laughs> you might as well just not watch any other ones because there right. were definitely moments I was trying to watch it without getting my phone out. And I just had to get my phone out multiple times. I'm like, right. yeah, just going a little slow. Sorry. You know, by honestly, Darth Maul is the best part of the whole darn thing, in my opinion. He has right. a presence, he has a mysterious, you know, tone. He mm-hmm. like the fights were cool. Um yeah. I, the, I thought it was kind of the, the dramatic music came into play and it was very good. And he just came, oh, yeah. he showed up a little too late in the movie where I felt maybe if, if there was a little bit more drama action, like, yeah, like real drama, not droids. And, and, you know, we're going to get ran over by a giant ship or something drama, you know? So, right. I mean, right. you know, it, it is what it is, but I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll continue to tackle the uh, prequels. And I think, uh, Attack of the Clones will be a fun one to do. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the the conversation will definitely take a a turn in the more positive and fun note with that one. So looking forward to that. So thank you, Eric. I, I appreciate you spoiling Star Wars with me again today. Uh, thank you, listeners. Hope hope you enjoyed that. And until next time, I uh, hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.